everyone. Welcome to Ball Down South Sports Wave. This is Brad, and I have John with me today. And today we're going to cover a couple of our favorite segments that we like to do. We're going to touch on a segment we like to call Pick 6, and we're also going to do a segment that we like to call No Fly Zone. These are some defensive stuff, and uh, they're kind of fun for us. Hey, John, how you doing? How you doing, man? You ready for this? Yes, sir. I'm ready. Let's get it. <laughs> All right. So we'll start out with our pick six segment. And uh, this time with our pick six, we're going we're gonna to discuss uh, our three, week three, of course, um, across the country. Each one of us going to kind of go over our top six QBs so far across the country. Um, there's some awful good ones to pick from. John, who who are you going to put at number one? Uh, I'm going to have to go C.J. Stroud, Ohio State. You know, he's he's putting up some ridiculous numbers. Um, you know, and he's a popular choice to be a first-round pick, if not the top overall pick. And I just think he's he makes a lot of plays look too easy, really, at times. And he's humming right now, and – they get their first big test this weekend against Wisconsin, so we'll see how that works out. But I got C.J. Stroud first. Um, you know, I got Bryce Young coming in second. Um, you know, he's he's not really had, you know, the season that everybody has thought he would have, but he, he's made plays to win. Um, you know, he made the the game-winning drive against Texas, and he, and he does things just to – to win the game for his team, and, and that's what I love about Bryce Young. Um, and there's not a better quarterback than Bryce Young, to be honest. I mean, he won the Heisman last year, and, uh, you know, he doesn't have the top two receivers that he had a year ago, but you know how Saban is. He'll, uh, he'll, have, he'll have guys be stepping up by the end of the year. All right, so there's your number um, one and your number two. Who well, number have, three. Who do you have at three? I think I'm gonna go with Caleb Williams. Um, he's having a really fun season out in USC. Um, four. I'm gonna go with Stetson Bennett. Um, he's having an amazing year so far. Um, he's not having to do a lot. He just he's just a game manager, but he does he does it in a way that makes that helps his team win games, and that's what I love about Stetson. Um. And I'm gonna go with him. Is that number four? Yeah, that's number four. So you got five. Five. I'm gonna go with Michael Penix Jr. Um, I'm gonna base it off last week. Um, you know he he's been injured. He's definitely um, having a pretty stellar season so far. He is, and you know, and nobody expected him to beat you know Michigan State. I did. I picked him to win. Yeah, you did um, last week. I have to but the big, credit on that one. But the biggest thing about Pence, can he stay healthy? You know, he in his first four years in Indiana, he I think he tore his ACL twice. Um, he just he has to stay healthy, and if he does, this could be a really good draft pick um, for somebody next year in the draft. Um, you know, moving forward, number six. All right, I'm going to go with a guy that is tearing things up. Um, 
that's Drake May from North Carolina. Um, you know, he leads the nation in passing yards and touchdowns. Um, he he can move the chains of his legs. Um, I think you know he's a he's a sleep sleeper for a Heisman um, choice. And I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick. It was between Drake May and um, I guess Jaden Daniels this week at six because Jaden Daniels had a really good game against Mississippi State. Well, so Drake May's got a big game this week coming up. Yeah, plays Notre Dame. Yes, sir. Yeah, they play they play Notre Dame at their house, um, and they're three and zero. North Carolina is, so he's got a big game this week coming up. If he wins that, if they win that, and he does put the stats up that he did, you know, against the top tier opponent, even though Notre Dame's struggling. You know, he, he's got to get a little hype for being one of the top quarterbacks, you know. He's he's even in that running right now. But oh, yeah. you beat a team like Notre Dame and you start talking about this kid being maybe one of the better quarterbacks in the country. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with all that. My list is, is very similar, actually. Um, but uh, I, I had C.J. Stroud at number one. Um, I think he's tied him and Drake may are tied for the lead in touchdown passes. His passer rating so far is 94.6. I mean, he just um, is having a stellar season so far. They did play Notre Dame the first game of the season. So he's not been playing cupcake city, you know, the whole, the whole time this week, they get Wisconsin at home, you know, Wisconsin is coming off of a, a loss um, a couple of weeks ago now, you know, to Washington State. It was kind of a bad loss for them. But uh, I expect C.J. Stroud to go and still play his game and and be the quarterback that he is this week. I'm going to go with Caleb Williams at number two. You know, USC, offensively, they have a lot of weapons, and Caleb Williams has a lot of weapons. He's got a passer rating of 93.1 through three games so far. Um, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure, but that's top, one of the top in the country. Um, and then I'm going to mix it up for my number three. I'm going to go Stetson Bennett. Um, I'm going to go Stetson Bennett number three. Stetson Bennett has, has not played in the fourth quarter yet. He's not had one single snap in the fourth quarter. That's pretty an amazing stat, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so his stats, he's got a 92.9 passer rating so far. Um, He's got 952 yards. He only has five TDs compared to, like, Stroud has 11. Caleb Williams has eight. uh, Bryce Young has nine. He only has five TDs. He has no picks. But he's only played three quarters <laughs> in each game. So, you know, that's – he's not even getting to play full games yet. So I'm going to give Stetson Bennett my number three and go with Bryce Young as my number four. Bryce doesn't quite have the yards that that some of the others do, that a, my top three do. Um, he does have nine TDs, just two interceptions, and he's got an 87 uh, passer rating so far. 
and he is the high, the you know the, the Heisman Trophy winner from last year. Um, so, you know, you have to give him his props. He is going to be uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the country throughout the entire year. So, you know, I'm gonna I'll, I'll go with him as my number four. My number five, you know, these this is where I. I'm going to throw somebody in that you didn't have on your list. I'm going to throw in Hendon Hooker. Um, Hendon Hooker has, I think, 844 yards passing, has a passer rating of 86.3. He's thrown no picks, six TDs so far. Um, And, you know, Hendon Hooker is running, and he did last year as well, a really high-powered offense. And I feel like you got to give Hendon Hooker a little bit of credit. Um, so I'm, I've got him as five. And then my six is the same as your six. I had Drake May from North Carolina. Um, you know, he has the yards. He's co-leader with touchdown passes. He's only, he's only threw one interception this year so far. He's got a passer rating of 89.5. And, again, you know, he's playing Notre Dame this week at home. It'll be interesting to see what kind of game he can have against Notre Dame, don't you think? Mm Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. So those are my six for our uh, pick six top QBs through week three so far. Um, So we're going to go on to our next segment. Our next segment I like to call No Fly Zone. So we're going to discuss a few topics, and we're going to tell you if we think it should fly or if it shouldn't fly, no fly. So our first topic is going to be Deion Sanders. Uh, Prime time has kind of been a, a hot topic the last few days. Um, I've heard him mention with the Auburn job, um, and I heard this on the, Paul Feinbaum, team. on the Paul Feinbaum show. Um, they done an interview, and a couple of people got on there and was kind of talking about this. So my question to you is, is does, does Deion Sanders take a top job and leave Jackson State? Right now, no. Um I still think he's he's learning how to to build um, Jackson State, but maybe possibly later on, yes. Um, you know, Dion's probably I think he's the only person to play in both the Super Bowl and the World Series. Um, you know, when he he played in the NFL game and he suited up for a major league game on the same day, ain't that crazy? Yep. In two different cities. Yeah, and, I mean, you can't take away Dion's accomplishments, that's for sure. No, and, you know, there's been a lot of talk, Dion Sanders to Arizona State. No, that that would be something to behold, you know. The thing about Dion that would get Dion there, you know, fans, um, you know, the school, media, excitement, um, the support, you know, he's – He's not known as Neon Dion in primetime for nothing, you know. Um, you know, now he refer what, what is it? He, Coach he Prime. Likes to be, he likes it, to be called Coach Prime. They now. call him Coach Prime. 
Coach Prime, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think he can be a successful coach somewhere, um, but I just don't think that he should now. Um, you know, he's 18-5 and five at Jackson State, um, and he's he's doing really good, and he's 3-0 and this year. So I think there's a chance for him to move up in the um, the rankings to, to, to find a better job. Um, but I think he likes this HBCU school. I think and he does too, and I think and, he's and, building and, and something he more, there. And he's trying to, you know, get his brand out there and, and get them, you know, the players to mesh together. And I think he does a good job with that, with what he does at Jackson Jackson State. And, uh, you know, could you imagine, though, um, you know, rolling up in a place like Auburn, say, or Arizona State and, you know, getting these five-star players? And, you know, that would be a, a problem for college football. Yeah, so, so you think this season, you think it's a no-fly? It's a no-fly, no. I, don't, I just don't think he's going to – I don't think he's going to move right this moment, no. Well, here's but my he – But he has – but he has been interviewed for a couple couple jobs, and yeah. but he's but he's turned them down. And well, here's my thing with Dion. Dion likes the the lights. You know what I mean? He likes he the prime time. Um, That's Dion. Now, now Auburn is interesting. You know, um, if the Auburn job opens, which I fully expect it will, um, you know, even. If, even Georgia Tech's interesting, to be honest. Just, if Auburn, you know. if Auburn really goes after Dion, it would be an interesting job for him, I think. And I don't know if he will take it or not, but um, you know, Auburn's a big football school, and they have a great tradition. Um, they've got several coaches who have won national titles there mm-hmm. over the years. Different coaches who've won national titles there, you know, they have the pedigree that I think primetime Deion Sanders would like. Now, you know, there is a school, of course, Mike Norville's started out a lot better this year and seems to be on better grounds right now. FSU, yeah. But if Florida State job was to open, I think think Deion would go there. I think he would. I mean, you know, he went to Florida State, you know. Yeah. You know, the brand's there. You know, he played under Bobby Bowden. You know, he, he would he would have it really good in uh, at Florida State. And But right now, like you said, I just don't see him just jumping ship and just heading to a big-time school when, he, when he's got it rolling right now at Jackson State. I think he's – I think he – didn't he win a – was it a champion? He was close to a championship, I believe, last year. Yeah, I think they made it to the championship game. I'm not real sure. I can't. Remember. I think they, I think they lost. Yeah, but he, he's got them competing, and he's pulling, he's pulling some guys with this NIL stuff. He is these five star guys, and, and and it's working apparently. And you know, somebody asked him during the um, off season if he wanted to play Alabama, and he said, "Not right now." He said, "We don't have the." Yeah, we don't have the guys up up front to to to, to meet around with Alabama to beat right. Alabama. Yeah, and I think you know he he's trying to build something at Jackson State, and I think he's doing a wonderful job there. He so is, he is building something at Jackson State, and I think that he's taking pride in that too. 
he is, and he and he loves his players. Um, you know, I I watch the little clips here and there and in the locker room. Um, and he'll all and he'll always say he'll say turn up my uh music, my theme song, and and they'll play his theme song in the in the locker room, and all the players jump up and down, and they yeah. jump on crime, and it's like a big deal to have a former NFL stars head coach. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, so we're for right now we're both going to say no fly on this one. Our next topic's going to be one of the big games this week. Um, Florida goes to Tennessee, and um, the the question on this topic is: Does Florida challenge this week? Are they ready to challenge Tennessee? Do you think? I know that uh, Florida's kind of had their number lately. Um, But I think the tide has changed in that. It's at Tennessee. It's going to be a a raucous crowd. Uh, Game day's there. Um, You know, there's there's just a lot going on in Knoxville this weekend. And I just don't think Florida has the offense to, to stay pace with Tennessee, you know. Florida's defense has done the whole bend, bend but don't break. And as bad as it's been, they've been able to do some really good things, you know, like the like in the Kentucky loss. You know, you can't blame all that on Richardson. Um, some of it was the offensive line. Some of it was, you know, they didn't they didn't do really good throwing the ball. Um, and Kentucky had a game plan, you know. Kentucky went in there and they and they figured out how to stop Richardson, and you know, I wouldn't put the blame on all him. Um, you know, defense has been bad too at times. You know, last week South Florida ran up and down the field on them. Um, you know, because you know their depth, their depth's a big issue. Run game. It was the run game. It was the run week. game. Yeah, they're yeah, they're pretty good pass defense team, but. You know, they're going up against a better passing team this week in Tennessee. You know, Hooker, um, I think Tillman, I don't know the status on Tillman. I looked earlier today that Tillman might not play Saturday, so they'll have to be other guys step up. You know, they got Jalen Hyatt. Um, they got McCoy, the transfer from USC. So I don't think Florida will win this, but I will say this. This will be a close game. And you, you know think, why? Do so you think they'll at least give them a challenge? You know why this will be a close game? Because it's a rivalry game. It is a rivalry game. And you can throw records out when when Florida and Tennessee play. And Florida has some really good backs. They do. Um, the biggest thing with Florida's offense, I mean the defense, it's it's the worst in the SEC at third downs. The run, the run defense, I don't know. They just got absolutely hammered by USF last week. Yeah, they did. And they didn't have, they didn't even have enough pass rush. And that quarterback was just doing whatever he wanted to do. And they're playing a better quarterback this week in Henning Hooker. And he's yet to throw an interception too. Right. So, you know, they're not going to be able to keep up offensively. And they ain't going to be able to keep up defensively. But so I does, believe Florida, does Florida try the ground and pound? 
I think they do because they got a really good run game. Um, yeah. you know, and they got the, uh, the kid from, uh, the ETN kid. He, he's a really good football player. Hey, he, he looks special against Kentucky. He did. And, you know, he's going to get better as it goes. He's just um, a freshman. You know, Tennessee's offensive line has been really good. Um, the running game has been good. Um, you know, Tennessee's biggest weakness, I think, is in their secondary. Um, their front four is pretty good. Um, you know, but Pitt tried to do, to win the game through the air. Um, and it didn't work, but you got to realize Keaton Slovis got hurt in that game, which it changed, it changed quite a bit when he, he went out. So, but I still think Tennessee has some depth issues in the secondary too, especially on defense like Florida. But I think Flor, but I think Tennessee has more talent overall than what Florida's got. And I just don't think it's going to fly this weekend. Yeah. My thing is Tennessee has more offensive talent. Um, in the passing game than Florida does. So both, yeah, of, both of them have a um, defense that is, you know, acceptable to that. But I, I, I just feel like Tennessee is going to probably, I think they're favored by about nine and a half or ten in this game. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And I, I'm actually thinking that they're pro- they, they probably cover that is, is what I think. So, I'm going to say no fly on this one as well. Um, we'll see. It should be a fun game to watch. It should be. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about watching this one. All right. So our next topic that we're going to discuss on the no fly zone is going to be Oklahoma. And um, this one, you know, they're three games into a new regime in Oklahoma. They have a new quarterback transfer from US, UCF, um, and his name is Dylan Gabriel. But mm-hmm. they have they have uh, basically three games into a completely new regime, and they're looking pretty strong. Um, they are. Their their defenses know, look really good. Are they? Um, are you are you going to buy them as a college football playoff contender after three games? I do. I think their defense is better than they than there was last year. You know, they've just allowed six scoring drives total and 10 points per game. They're fourth in the country in sacks and 11th in yards per play allowed. Um, and this front seven gets after you. Um, I watched last week against Nebraska. Um, you know, they, they averaged, I think, 7.7 yards per play against Nebraska, which that's not saying much because Nebraska is not really good. But that's what you do against teams that's not really good. You take care of business. And Jeff Levy has done a really good job. Um, you know, he's kept it, he's kept it low yet so far in the, in the playbook. I don't think he's had to open it up yet a lot. Um, but this, this weekend, they'll, I think they'll get a little bit of a test. Um, they play Kansas State, even though Kansas State lost to Lane, it's still one of those games you got to watch. Um, but I think, you know, there's a good opportunity for this to happen. You know, and, and what's funny is they could be on a collision course with former coach Lincoln Riley. It could happen. 
that's what I'm saying. And it, it's it's nice to to think about and see, you know, maybe them playing against each other, Caleb Williams going up against his old his old team. Um, but I think this Oklahoma team's really good. They got a real good defense. The offense is is humming under Dylan Gabriel and company, and they got some solid running backs. Um, you know, their wide receivers are pretty good. Um, so this is a this is a fun team to watch, especially nobody thought that Venables would be able to do what he's done so far. They thought they would struggle a little bit, but they, they've not missed a beat in the first the, what? The first defense week. is what is surprising me that they're playing. And I know yeah, the defense is playing playing well, I mean, tremendous. I know that Venables that's what he's known for is his defense. I mean that's Yeah, he's he always been known for his defense, yeah. But you know, Oklahoma's given up quite a bit of yards and yards and points and stuff over the years with Lincoln Riley. Um, and I just thought it might take a little bit more time for him to get his defense where he wants it to be. But so far, they look really strong. Um, so, you know, on this one, I'm going to have to say fly on this one. So is that what you're saying, too, that they mm-hmm. are a college football playoff contender? Yeah, I do. I, I think it's going to fly. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, we got we're just three games in, and we got a whole lot of the season left to play. So we'll have to see what happens in the Big Twelve. Uh, but as of right now, I think they are a college football playoff contender. So then, our last topic on the on the no fly zone this week. There's been a little bit of discussion over Michigan's schedule. Um, they really haven't played much of anybody uh, to challenge them so far. Um, they're averaging the most points in the country. I think it's like 55.3 points a game mm-hmm. or something is what they're averaging. Um, Chris Fowler, I think it was yesterday or maybe early today, um, was talking about how weak their schedule was and that Michigan needs to schedule better out-of-conference opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that? What do you think well, about their schedule? Do you, they you opened gonna... the year against um, Colorado State, then they played Hawaii, and this week they played Connecticut. Right. Um, you know, so they're playing probably the most easy schedule in the last 100 years in Michigan football. You know, I read a stat today that's pretty impressive. It says the first time since 64 that Michigan schedule – didn't include a contest against at least one Power Five team or Notre Dame, and that included, you know, against Army and Navy. Right. Um, so yeah, it's there's a case to be made that this is this is a cakewalk a cake a cakewalk schedule. Um, you know, so far they're playing the way they should. Um, you know. They're tied, I think, with Minnesota for the largest average margin of victories, 45 points among Power 5 schools. Um, I just – I don't know if this is a no-fly or a fly. I, I don't think it's a no-fly, though. I think it's a no-fly. So I just think Michigan's schedule is just really bad. I mean, I mean Hawaii and UConn are probably two of the lowest Division One teams in the country, right? Yeah, they are. And, you know, as a fan base, you know, you got you to gotta understand, you know, a lot of 
a lot of people want to watch games against, like against Notre Dame. Um, you know, even a even a team like Navy would be a good non-conference game. And you're just going to these games and, and they're cupcake games, and you know you're going to win. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, it's just it's just a bad schedule. It's it is. So. I agree with you. I, I'm, you know, um, Kentucky schedules three games their non-conference um, against lower tier competition, but they usually schedule some max schools and you know some non-power fives that out of the group of five, you know, that are decent teams when they schedule, um, you know, scheduling Hawaii and UConn um, when, you know, they've been down for several years, both of them, you know, that's, that's even lower tier. You know what I mean? Like you could actually, I was, I misspoke. They played Connecticut this past weekend. They played Maryland this weekend. Yeah, so this game. Yeah, I got I got confused on that. I think I don't know why I said Connecticut. I guess I was just well, thinking. Well, they played the, Connecticut last last the week. Three, the three cupcakes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they are playing Maryland, play Maryland this weekend. And Listen uh, to the schedule. I, I just want to reiterate this. They play Maryland at home. This is this week. Then they go to Iowa, which has been a a bugaboo for Michigan in the past at times. But I was not on the level that everybody thinks this year because of their offense. Then they play at Indiana, and then they play Penn State. So Michigan has – and then they play, I think, um, they have a bye week, and then they play Michigan State. But up until Penn State, they really don't play a team with a pulse. <laughs> Well, you know, and I don't think really strength of schedule matters. I think the, Maryland. You talking about up to Penn State? I think Maryland's probably the best team out of that bunch. It is Maryland is, um, you know, they and you got to think Michigan's played some really good non-conference games. They played Washington, I think, once. Notre Dame, I think, twice. Um, Florida and Cincinnati. UCF, Oregon State, Colorado, which that was a big rivalry back in the day when when they had Cordell Stewart um, back in the 90s. Right. Um, And, you know, they played some hard teams, but just basing it on this year and the schedule, it's – I think it was to ensure – I was reading something earlier this this, – before fall camp that they wanted them to have a certain amount of home – they wanted seven home games, um, and I don't. I, there's nothing wrong with that, but just schedule better opponents to to get better with because you're not going to get better beating up on Hawaii and Colorado State. I mean, yeah, I mean, let's just be real, and, and that's so no far across them, you know? across the country. I mean, you know, you real we nobody really knows what Michigan really has because they haven't had any challenge whatsoever. So Well, you could you say know. the same thing about Georgia, you know. They haven't had any competition. But yeah, but now Georgia Georgia's, did play Georgia's Oregon. On a, but Georgia's on a different level too though. Yeah, they played Oregon, but and Oregon's gotten better. Does that not show you something? I was telling somebody today, 
does that not tell you Oregon has gotten so much better and Georgia absolutely bombarded them in week one? I mean, don't that show you that Georgia might be the best team in the country and they might be better than they was last year? Which is a scary thought. Which is a big scary thought. And it's a scary (laughs) thought for college football. Because Georgia was really, really good last year. And and the Oregon game, not to get off topic with the Michigan thing, but during the Oregon game, they was perfect. They they pinpointed each and every drive. They just made it look so easy. You know, even last week against South Carolina, South Carolina was behind the eight ball before the game even started. And you know, I don't know who's going to be able to challenge Georgia. I think it's going to come down to what defense can can limit the big plays from Lad McConkey and Brock Bowers and that wide receiver group because well, I mean, you know, if you're talking about schedules and you're looking I mean Georgia's played Oregon and South Carolina, okay? That's two power five conference schools. Um but they've and, been blowouts. And Michigan has been playing nobody, really. Cupcake. Yeah. You know, so you want a cupcake? <laughs> you know, so you know, Michigan's schedule is very, very, very easy, and yeah. they probably should schedule um, better teams. At least one game, a better team. We'll see what happens this week with Maryland. I guess that Maryland is, might be a bigger test, but I guess that is their one game. I guess I mean they do have Tua's brother. Little brother yeah. as their quarterback. He, he's not. He's not. He's not really a bad quarterback either. He's a. He's a really nice, solid player. I can't think of what his name is. Um, I. I miss. I think it's. Uh, it's something similar. Tungo, Tali Tungvaloa. Yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't pronounce the last name. I can't, so. I can't say his name to be honest either. It's. It it kind of tongue ties you. Yeah, but we'll see this week when they play Maryland. They are a little bit better team. I think Michigan's still favored about seventeen, aren't they? Yeah, it's a. I think it's a seventeen point favorite. Um, sixteen. Sixteen. The over and under is sixty four, so they're expecting a lot of points. So, so far through three games, their schedule's been really weak. I'm going to have to say, um, you know, I'm I'm with them scheduling a little tougher. We'll see after this week when they play Maryland. Yeah, it, you know, after Maryland, and I think they play Iowa um, week five. It's a noon kickoff next week. Well, Iowa's got a so, tough defense, so they shouldn't they be and- they shouldn't be putting up 55 points on, against Iowa. But the problem with Iowa is they can't move the football. And, right. you know, Michigan's got a decent defense. I know I know they lost their um, big-time DM, was it last year, Trey uh, Hendrick um, Hutchinson. Um, yes. Hutchinson was a big part of their defense last year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, they're, they're still down a little bit, but they're, they're still a pretty solid defense. So, that should be a fun game next week as well. Well, all right, John. It's been fun. These are our two segments that we're going to try to do probably 
once a month or something like that. We did these a few weeks ago, um, and we'll probably try to do these um, pick six and no-fly zone segments about once a month, and and uh, so we have some topics to go over and things. Yeah, and we'll have our game day pickums tomorrow, um, tomorrow evening sometime, um, and we'll have that posted Friday. Um, just a little bonus. There's some interesting spreads this week. There is um, some spreads that I I think should be higher, but that's just me. Um, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, so it's been still, fun. We still haven't discussed if we're going to do a live on Saturday, so we might do a live Saturday sometime. Um, you can check with us if we do. We'll put one out for you guys to join and do a kind of a call-in recap show. I might, be on, I might be on the road when that happens. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, John's going to the U.K. game, and it's a it's a 7 o'clock kickoff, isn't it? Yeah, so I'll probably be on the road. Yeah. Hey, I can do a road, I can do a road podcast. All right, man, we'll see. We'll see after the games and see what time the game ends and stuff like that. But we might try to do a live after the games um, late Saturday night. All right. So uh, this is going to be our show, and we appreciate you joining us.